1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
0: As we do on a Thursday, we like to check in with Family Voice Australia, and you've been hearing about the hypocrisy at the Essendon AFL Football Club this week over issues of diversity and inclusion. When they discovered their new CEO was a Christian and chairman of the City on a Hill Church, he was given a choice a plum job with his favourite football club, or his faith in Christ and remaining serving his church? Well, guess what? He chose his faith and church over Essendon AFL Football Club. Let's get some thoughts from a Christian perspective. Andrew McColl is Family Voice Australia Queensland State Director. Andrew, special welcome back to 2020.
1: Thank you, Neil. Good to hear from you, and good morning to you, our our listeners
0: today. Andrew, uh, from Family Voice Australia, uh, what were your impressions when that news began to break this week?
1: Well, to be fair, Neil, I'm, I'm a Queenslander. I'm not a, a Melbourneian. I'm not involved with Essendon Football Club and I'm two borders away. So I'm, in some ways, I'm probably not the best person to talk to because it's not my my direct scene. I am something of an outsider, and in one way, it's a little unfair, but I do have an opinion. (laughs) As we all probably should and can, and in a free country, we're entitled to have an opinion. So seeing as you've asked me, I'm happy to share it with you. It, It does seem that when people talk about inclusion today, we have to wonder what they really mean. Does inclusion mean that special people in the community must be included, but others are excluded? This case of Andrew Thorburn kind of seems a bit like that. So it's all a matter of how we define the word now, inclusion. It seems to have developed a meaning of its own in the last little while. Maybe that was the plan in the first place.
0: Well, interesting, isn't it, as you've been following some of the commentary, perhaps in mainstream media, where the media is describing his church as a controversial church organisation. And, of course, uh, it's just a Anglican movement, the City on a Hill church movement. Uh, but these views, I mean, you're talking about uh, the anti-abortion view. Well, in Christian circles, we say that's pro-life. So we're pro-life. And the fact that he is aligned with biblical view of marriage. Uh, These are mainstream Christian views which are being characterized as uh, being controversial and uh, even hateful. Any thoughts around those, Andrew?
1: Well, as soon as anybody gets involved in the church and they're preaching the gospel faithfully, what they're going to be doing is going to be controversial because it's going to conflict with some segments of some societies. Right from the word go, the early church in the Bible, they were a controversial crowd. They stirred up people. They got people angry, got them upset with them. They got persecuted. They they challenged cultural beliefs wherever the gospel was preached. We shouldn't be surprised about that. So when people say, hey, your church is really controversial, well, who's Who's saying it's controversial? I mean, that was a very common thing for the early church, and I don't consider that to be a a problem at all. When When we're preaching the gospel faithfully, and as you said, if we're talking about abortion and talking about homosexuality faithfully, there will be some people who get upset about that. Well, that's life. And uh, if we're going to be faithful to the gospel, we're going to be controversial in some segments
0: of society. Uh, The interesting twist in this whole situation, Andrew, is that Andrew Thorburn didn't say anything. He had guilt by alignment. Uh, So his alignment with the church. In other words, the fact that he is a Christian Uh, is what put him under pressure to resign. Uh, So really, not even even arguing, not even saying anything about what a Christian uh, ethical position, Christian values might be, and he has been, in this sense, and I often say, uh, you know, careful to use the term persecuted, but there is a quite obvious uh, issue around persecution here. Any thoughts on that, the fact that he didn't say anything?
1: Well, yeah, I mean... This gets back to the issue of that inclusion. And so by inference, someone quickly went and had a look at the, the, the Church on a Hill website, and they found a sermon by someone from nine years ago, and they have made some clear points about homosexuality and abortion, which, as you quite accurately point out, are mainstream Christian positions. Now, I, I have noted, as I guess most of us have by now, that the Victorian Premier, Mr Andrews, has classified these views as bigotry and homophobia. Now, those are two very convenient terms, two very convenient uh, hand grenades to lob at somebody when you don't like what they're saying. They're their, 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 um, emotional terms. What do they mean? I, I don't know any Christians in my experience, who are actually homophobic. It's, it's, a, it's a highly misleading term. And what does bigotry mean anyway? What does Mr Andrews mean when he says that people who hold of these views are bigots? I don't know. So it's a very convenient accusation without, in my opinion, a lot of foundation.
0: People in these positions of authority are afraid of those terms. And so you've got this intimidation tactic that gets used by particularly the LGBT movement uh, to try and uh, have people forced to celebrate their lifestyle. But listen, uh, Andrew Thorburn, uh, clearly the best candidate for the CEO job. And I note that the opposition leader, Peter Dutton, is calling for him to be reinstated as CEO. Uh, In some sense here, you might say the Bombers are the big losers not having him at the helm. Uh, Any thoughts about, uh, you know, now they'll have to take second, uh, you know, second fiddle, the the next best candidate?
1: Well, you would think so. And uh, I I was glad to see overnight quite a bit of response from quite a number of conservative commentators, uh, Chris Kenny, Andrew Bolt, Greg Sheridan and, of course, Peter Dutton made a, some comments yesterday as well, which I thought were supportive. And I think in, in all of those ones that I've mentioned, including Mr. Dutton, I, I felt some, that, that the comments that they made were actually accurate ones. I mean, what when people are given a job and, and the, the the employer signed in the dotted line, he signed up, he or she has signed up, knowing something about the background and the history of the individual that they're employing. Now if 24 hours later they suddenly get cold feet and say we don't want this person, well unfortunately they did sign a contract and that person has every right to say well you employed me, You, you knew all about me, you found out all these things from my previous history, how can we get in cold feet? And
0: he could say I'm not going anywhere. He could have said that. Uh, He could have stuck to his guns. He could have fought for the position. But, of course, uh, what happened is that he voluntarily resigned. And uh, so he was given an ultimatum, make a choice between the club and your church. And uh, he actually chose his church. There's something pretty actually powerful in that leadership saying, my values are much more important than just simply a position for a football club and uh, I'm not going to compromise those. Those are something that's quite admirable in Andrew Thorburn. Well, it is,
1: and, and, I, and I appreciate what you're saying, and I appreciate what he has done in that context. The other thing that I would just add, and as I said, I'm an outsider, but, but if you're in a situation where the employer decides to play rough on you, you've got to figure out how you're going to manage that. We do have an anti-discrimination Commission uh, in Australia that you can appeal to and he could have in the face of rough treatment from an employer found a way around that and said you want to treat me rough I can play that game too and gone and, and let them sack him and gone to the anti-discrimination, Commission. Now, as it turns out, I actually don't like anti-discrimination commissions. I think they've been tools of abuse for people for 30 or 40 years. But if our enemies, our opponents in society set up these institutions so that they can prey upon people of faith, as they have done, and I think they're doing in this case, we ought to be prepared to use the tools that these people have, have manufactured over time and use them against
0: this kind of a thing. Interesting, isn't it? Because no doubt listeners will be quite aware that uh, anti-discrimination commissions uh, typically work against the Christian. So uh, there's some challenges there too. Now, isn't this likely, Andrew, to affect every workplace that has a diversity and inclusion policy? that doesn't include Christians who won't celebrate the LGBT... Let me just say this uh, carefully, but uh, that's like the LGBT cult. Uh, If you don't celebrate that, uh, then you could be out. And so it's not just Andrew Thorburn who might be offered this ultimatum, but every workplace that's been developing, and, and let let me say, lots of people have been developing these very conscientiously, having a diversity and inclusion policy. So lots of workplaces have these already in place. Doesn't everybody now come under that scrutiny?
1: Well, I think that there is that challenge of that, Neil, long term, but obviously this has been a highly controversial issue and it isn't resolved yet. And the people... He sacked, he sacked uh, Andrew a couple of days ago, I mean one of them made it clear that the, the, the Essendon president David Barham said he couldn't continue to serve in his dual roles at the Essendon Football Club and as chairman of City on the Hill. Now that was odd. It was such a, a strange thing to say after employing this man and then to go back on that and, and change the you know, move the goalposts around the paddock a bit to make it make it suddenly fit this new plan that they had. Why didn't they come up with this well before they they even signed on the dotted line? So I think the this, the chairman of the board's got some questions to you know to address to himself here. Obviously, this is this is not only is that they sacked him, but they did this after they employed him. I mean, I, I understand Essendon's had a few, shall we say, problems over the last few months, and this, there are. There are are already being questions being asked about how the board does things. So, but yeah, so I, yours is a valid point about do Christians begin to wonder what <laughs> what their bosses are going to do? Um, hey, who knows? And and some bosses, you know, look for any excuse to get rid of somebody. But obviously, valued people in the workplace are going to are going to probably be able to stand their
0: ground because they're needed in in that particular institution. And uh, just to touch on this, something that takes things just a little deeper here, Uh, Christians in leadership roles, uh, whether it's in industry or in government or in organisations, whether it be clubs or churches, Christians in leadership has historically been the remedy for corruption because it's those Christian ethics of fairness it's those Christian ethics of integrity and honesty and knowing that the leader is answerable to God because of the way they act. These are the things that have brought wealth and, uh, and, and growth to uh, like Western civilization. So Christians in leadership, a remedy for corruption. So if you get rid of Christians out of leadership, what are you, what are you going to be left with, Andrew?
1: Well, that's a valid point, and and I always think that any position of leadership, and it doesn't matter where it is, whether it's in the family, in a workplace, in the church, uh, hey, or, or in government, uh, these these are positions of 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 great privilege and great responsibility, and you know, we have to realise that and have to take those positions very seriously. I mean, I've had the privilege of being a, a husband. 43 years and it's a privilege but it brings responsibility with it and as we all know as, as parents and as, and as spouses so we start with that one and if by God's grace he adds things to us we need to say Lord help me in this new phase of life this new responsibility but yes it, it's, it's there are so many times in history when Christians have spoken up and drawn attention to things Florence Nightingale was one where there has been wrong going on, corruption, inefficiency, neglect, and changes have been wrought as a result of that person speaking up that have been been for the good of their their community, their culture, their whole their society or their whole nation. So it, it is indeed quite a shame that Essendon's done this to Andrew Thorburn. <laughs>
0: Well, if Essendon was looking to fix some problems, Andrew Thorburn was their man. Now they haven't got that man, and uh, they may well be in more trouble than ever. Hey, listen, Christians now perhaps more vulnerable uh, to the potential for persecution than ever, because this sort of issue that's come to light this week, this is perhaps uh, one of the biggest issues ever, Coming back to how we might respond to that, Andrew, and I'm just thinking of Jesus' words when he said to his own disciples, because things were not easier in the first century, uh, they were tough then too. Jesus said, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves, therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Conducting yourself in your own workplace, in your own organisations today. Any thoughts here from you, Andrew, as to uh, how Christians might just be preparing themselves for what might come?
1: Well, you can't go much further than the words of Jesus. I mean, that's, that's, it. that's our gold standard. And, and we, have to be, we, we can't afford to be naive. We can't afford to be simply trusting everybody. That doesn't work very well. And we're finding more and more in in terms of government that we just need to be awake and alive and and processing it, information carefully because things can go bang in the night and it's not very funny. And yes, so naivety is not something that, that we can cultivate. It's It, it leads us into... All kinds of dramas, and we do need to process information cautiously. I mean, just bearing in mind this matter with Mr. Thorburn, I would imagine that there would be some employers who'd be thinking this is a very poor outcome from this man, and his his employer has not managed this very well. And I mean, there are lots of employers who are not Christians, but they want Christians in their workplace if they come to the conclusion that they are better employees. So hopefully there will be a little bit of common sense prevailing in this, a little bit of balance coming back into the way people treat their their employees so that in the long term that business uh, actually does better. <laughs>
0: Well, Andrew McColl, uh, valuable insights today. I want to thank you for those. Andrew McColl is Family Voice Australia Queensland State Director, and uh, let me put you in touch with Andrew. You can connect with him through the Family Voice website, familyvoice.org.au. Andrew McColl, great getting your insights today, and uh, look forward to catching up again next week.
1: Thanks again for the time, Neil. That's been great.